Welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan and joined by a man that is not a Drew Priest at all, just a Shriner looking for a good time, Ski. <laughs> and, I'll be both. Right. <laughs> and a, a Druid a, Shrine. A Shriner Druid. Mm, I, I, they're, they're similar, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a, a man who joined the 4-H club to be hip, mm-hmm. Brent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, and I think he was successful. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he definitely did actually join the 4-H club, didn't you? I did not. Oh, you did? Wasn't there something similar, though? Uh, no. I thought he joined some sort of an agriculture-related thing at some point. My sister was in uh, Future Farmers. Oh, okay. FFA? Yeah, FFA. FFA. That's, yeah. That must be where the connection is coming. But, yeah. you, but you never joined FFA yourself? I did not. No, I had no reason to. Was there any? Uh, was there <laughs> anything that you joined as a kid that, uh, looking back now, you're like, oh, man, I, that was a nerdy thing to do? Um, but you thought at the time that it was a cool thing to do? Um, I don't know, that cartography class I mentioned. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that did not get me nearly as many ladies as I thought it would. Like a lady knows a man who knows his way. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I know my way around the terrain. <laughs> exactly. Just no dropping how, all kinds of innuendo there. Uh-huh. No matter how craggy it might be. Well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Did you know the elevation is 10,000 feet here? <laughs> do you think that you would be able to, to draw up a, a map today? Like a, Do you think you could still use your cartography skills from 30 <laughs> years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, I think so. Okay. So, see, but that, that's something Cherry and I talk about occasionally, where uh, we don't feel like we have a lot of skills that would be very good in the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, because... <laughs> You know, like my accounting abilities, or I mean, her therapy would be useful, but uh-huh. probably not top of mind uh-huh. um, <laughs> kind of skill. It may it may come in more handy than you think. Yeah, I think, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think she could use her therapy skills to convince them to eat you first. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's the old uh, one of the most famous Homer lines of, "Please, I have a wife and children, or don't eat me. I have a wife and children. Eat them." Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I. Uh, I guess your your map making skill, so that's at least one uh, mm-hmm. you know one skill that would work for you in the yeah. well, in the apocalypse. Well, more than even making them, I think reading them. Oh well, yeah, I can read a map, but yeah. I don't know that. Well, I, I mean, can... well, I don't know. I guess there, if you learn how to make one, I think you learn more about certain aspects of the map, though. Is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. I can be able to tell like the distance between two points and different things like that. Well, yeah. that and the fact that that you know, certain symbol symbology or something that mm-hmm. just a ca- casual map user, which I think we all are to a degree. Do you think that that would be, I mean, we have to consider that if there's an apocalypse, we're <laughs> still living in the world that has developed up to this point. There may just be other things. I don't know that, like, me being able to... Well, I think Google and crap would fall down. Well, sure, of, of course. But if I'm looking at a paper map, I think I'm going to be like, that area looks mountainous based on this map. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I need to know every... I think his ability to make a map could be useful. pitch our tent in this big blue circle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this huge spot. It doesn't look like there's anything for miles. Right. We'll, we'll claim this eerie for... <laughs> For ourselves. Well, so. you know, the Dan's then you can see things coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All directions, Alan. Yeah, I think Brent's ability to make a map would be helpful. I don't think that his ability to read a map would would differentiate him that much from, uh, yeah, fair enough. from the hoi polloi. Uh, <laughs> the what? <laughs> the hoi polloi. <laughs> <laughs> 
So anyways, um, well, we do have, uh, well, today we're going to be doing Season 5, Episode 19, 72 Hours. Mm -hmm. uh, Ski will be doing Exciting our recap Exciting 72 today. hours they are, Alan. Mm -hmm. We're going to recap them in real time. Right. <laughs> so hopefully you packed a snack. <laughs> that's that's what our listeners like. Hour <laughs> one. They... The funny thing is, I enjoy making our longer episodes. Mm -hmm. I don't enjoy editing them so much, mm -hmm. um, just because they, they usually do to be fun to listen to, but they just take longer to, yeah. you know, to do that process. And it takes me about twice as long to edit an episode as it takes for us to make one. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and that's if you listen to the quality of our episodes, even edited, you'd probably be surprised at the amount of time I put into it. <laughs> but, now, what one thing to think about? What do you uh, guys think it would take? Like, how many hours? If we were going into a, a 72 hour uh, diatribe, how mm -hmm. long do you think it would take before you just ran out of things to talk about? You know, I think we could, I think that if I had the, you know, whatever was necessary to stay going for 72 hours, <laughs> I think I, I think the three of us could continue c conversing for so the entire 72 hours. What <laughs> sure, whatever, you know, I mean, it would have to take some sort of substance. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that the three of us could continue to find topics <laughs> to entertain ourselves for three days, three straight days. Yeah. I'm not saying it'd all be gold. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say also the advantage, you know, if you want to call it that, mm -hmm. if you're going for a specific time, you wouldn't have to edit anything. No, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, maybe someday if we ever do become big time podcasters, then we can do some sort of a, you know, podcast-a-thon. <laughs> I don't think we do 72 hours, but maybe a 24-hour straight podcast. Yeah. Some sort of a live thing for charity. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I say for the wetlands. Right. Yeah. I think at this point, we're the charity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're in the red. <laughs> so, yeah, I suppose so. Exactly. Podcast telethon. That would be the donate donations when we hit hour four. <laughs> it seems like start. we have, let's check the phones. Right. Still no one. Okay, well, you know, we can, that's, we can only improve. Right. <laughs> That's the, the positive side. It's only <laughs> up from here. Um, but anyway, as well, I did have one listener interaction that I wanted to talk about today. Mm -hmm. I, I will say that I, they've. Uh, I feel like that Brent has stolen our social media um, interactions because I do notice a lot of people sending messages here and there to Brent. Mm -hmm. Brent's not nearly as good as I am when it comes to relaying those on the podcast, but he's mm -hmm. better than I am when it comes to replying to those quickly. He's usually very quick. So if you ever want to send, you know, Brent a message, the Instagram account, he does an excellent job on it. Thank you. Um, but uh, Numi did send me a message, or Thanks. send us a message uh, Hello through Facebook. Again. It's good to hear from her. Yes, of yeah. course. That's, that's who my interaction's with as well. I oh, was talk about Numi. Yeah. Very nice. Um, I wonder if it's the same one, <laughs> but uh, or at least same subject matter. I don't know. We'll she out. said, uh, uh, how does it feel to know that you're in Sweden traveling by train with me? And sent a picture of herself oh. listening to our podcast nice. while she's traveling somewhere and. Mm -hmm. uh, I replied that I felt um, worldly, grateful, and hopeful that we were going someplace more enjoyable than work. Yeah. <laughs> so. Very nice. Um, that's the only one that I have. Did you say uh, you had one from Numi also? I do. Um, and welcome to NATO. Yes. So hmm. on the uh, Instagram, an account called Lover of Geography okay. had posted Ooh. a picture. Okay. Cartography-based? Uh, <laughs> no. Um, but basically it had come up from a... The conversation that somebody had had. Long story short, okay, if you're a guest at someone's house in Sweden, mm -hmm. okay, and a mealtime rolls around, you should not expect to be fed. Oh, okay. Like, they will leave you in the other room and then go and eat and then rejoin you when they're done eating. Hmm. And people were commenting about, oh, yeah, I remember that as a kid. You know, like, 
my friend's parents would just stick me in the living room and they'd go eat and then they'd come back and get me. And it's not limited to children, like adults as well. <laughs> like you have to be visiting. It's like, oh, see you in 45 minutes or whatever. <laughs> and it, But this um, you know, lover of geography had posted a map um, sort of color coding where within Sweden you'd be more likely or less likely to get a meal uh, if you okay. happen to be visiting. And I'm not sure exactly where Nuni was in Sweden, but, you know, I sort of tagged her in that. And I was like, you know, hey, would you feed us if we stopped by? Right. <laughs> and Numi said, of course, she would definitely feed us, um, both a main course and a dessert. Wow. Okay? And she went through, like, what she would fix us and everything. Typically, Mike, the question, if I had you three for dinner, would I serve something typically Swedish or, like, my favorite, you know, dish? You know, if Swedish, I would feed you the thing that we eat at Christmas, Easter and Midsummer, amongst other things. Uh, sort of a pickled herring, potato, sour cream, onion or chive, hard-boiled eggs, and maybe a smack or salad. And for dessert, strawberries with cream, whipped cream or vanilla ice cream or crumble. Not a loin of pork in sight. <laughs> um, and then she was like, you know, but, you know, I would expect you to set the table. And I was like, oh, I know how to set a table. There'd be no fork out of place when I was finished. <laughs> and so, yes, yeah, she said that if she was making her favorite, she'd make the Swedish version of tacos or lasagna or a pasta and spinach sauce or a stroganoff. Those all um, sound delightful. Yeah, or um, you know, mashed potatoes or meatballs um, or brunson or lingonberries or pickled herring or potatoes. But again, no loin of pork. <laughs> and I just got to really, I got a kick out of that. All of those things. Did um, she specifically say no loin of pork? She did twice <laughs> um, in two different messages, but no loin of pork. And I didn't I got know the that was a Brent ad or a <laughs> No, 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 that was um, that was 100% new me. And it made I like me laugh that. Both times. Makes it even better, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm the type of person who I'm pretty good about uh, eating whatever is, is offered to me if mm -hmm. I'm a guest somewhere. Yeah. Um, I can tough it out even if it's something that I'm not a fan of. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of goes back even to when I was a kid. I remember the first time that my dad and I went to visit my grandpa because the two of them didn't talk for like a decade. Yeah. Uh, he served, my grandpa served this very rare prime rib. Uh -huh. And I was used to my mom who cooks everything very well done. Yeah, like yeah. There's not a hint of pink. And prime rib's kind of a pink meat anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, yeah. And this is a rare version of it. But I choked oh. that shit down. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that's what I should do. So, yeah. Even pickled herring does not sound uh, enticing okay. to me. I'm not a fish person in general. Yeah. I do like pickles, but I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that translates to yeah. pickled herring. See, um, I've I've never had it, but I would definitely try it if it was offered to me, sure. just out of curiosity. And it's one of those things that I don't know how many Swedes there are, but they can't all be wrong, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, that's you know, fair. I mean, it is their traditional holiday yeah, meal. Yeah. Um, so then, pickled yeah. herring doesn't necessarily have to do anything with pickles. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I know pickled is like it's, uh, it's, like it's done a brine, in a brine, yeah. yeah. But a lot of times brines can be similar-ish, like yeah, pickled, yeah, yeah. different things that are pickled in similar brines have a similar flavor to or them. Taste or taste or even texture, I think. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know what their brine would necessarily taste like, but uh, I wonder it could have a pickle-ish, a vinegary type. I don't know if you guys have any input on this. Like pickled herring, have they already scaled them and stuff, or is it just full fish? Straight into the vinegar. I think it's full fish, mm. you know. I think so they you take see it the off. head there thing, or no? I think they take off the head and the tail, um, but I think the bones are still in there. Oh, okay. So. Well, you know, I guess uh, one of these days, if we ever happen to make it out to Sweden, which, let's be honest, I'm the most likely of the three of us to make it out that way, <laughs> you are. Um, then uh, we'll find out, or I'll yeah. find out. <laughs> or St. Olaf. Or back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, they've got it there, we know. Yeah, mm -hmm. or St. Gustav. <laughs> Twin City, right? Yeah. Or Sister, 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 Sister City. City yep. yeah. 
but you're getting ahead of ourselves there by a couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going six months. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what though? We're we're a little close. I mean, this one we're recording about ten days before it would. Well, no, I take that back. Not even quite that close. Seventeen days ish. Yeah. About two and a half weeks before we'd have to have another one uh, yeah. out there. So it's a little closer than we're used to. Yeah. But we have been consistent, you know, we're, mm-hmm. you know, five, um, getting close to five full seasons in mm-hmm. without ever missing a week. So yeah. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Uh, we do have some backup plans if anything ever comes up that really delays us uh, where, mm-hmm. you know, if one of the three of us, we are not going to do a regular episode without all three of us, but we might, we'll come up with something to put out there for you folks to listen to. Mm-hmm. If Brent's not part of it, it'll be much lower quality than you're used to. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but it'll still be there, nonetheless. <laughs> it'll be a, an episode, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We, well, we, folks, that was a show, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I'd react if would we uh, stay golden cocoa at the end, or like, well, yeah, yeah. Eh. I mean, that's part of the overall podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's specific to the three of us having to be together. Mm-hmm. If it's within the Sophia's choice stream, mm-hmm. it gets to stay golden at the end, <laughs> yeah. either way. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I would never want to review an episode. The only way I would do it, I think we've discussed this a while back, perhaps. But the only way that I would do a regular episode without one of the two of you mm-hmm. would be, or that I would expect you to do one without me, would be if one of us passed away real near the end. Mm-hmm. And just for posterity, I feel like uh, we're at season six, episode twenty-three, we, or season <laughs> seven, I should say. Say it would have to be even closer than that. Like yeah, near the end of season seven. Like, I feel like Brent would want us to finish this mm-hmm. um, in his honor or ski for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I would so want just, you to continue with Golden Palace. What's that? <laughs> I want us to do that. Yeah, in I would my honor. If we had already finished the Golden Girls and we're on Golden Palace, I don't know if I'd bother with finishing that season, <laughs> even if we had like two episodes left. I might do one wrap up episode to be like, okay, here's how, <laughs> here's how it fanned out. Put an asterisk next <laughs> to the right. final season. The last two episodes, yeah. we'll just go through like bullet style. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> that would be a fitting tribute to me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe as your tribute, what we would do is we would redo season one, episode 20. <laughs> But we would have somebody else read your part. Um, or maybe one of us would read your part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but try to do it in as close to your style as possible. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Let's hope none of us die. We only need like two more years at most. <laughs> 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 so it's not that long of a yeah. not that long of a road ahead. Right. Anyways. All cool. right. Well, I don't have anything else before this one starts, so yeah, see good. if you're ready. Maybe we could transcribe season one, episode twenty mm. and have like a member of fish or something. Come in and read it for us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you never know. Uh, <laughs> I think that Ski has some ideas about how celebrities treat people. <laughs> or, or I guess I shouldn't a say that. lofty, am I? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I'll tell a little piece that I don't think Ski had ever mentioned. Um, but Brent had a, a recent uh, loss in his family. And Ski, being the nice person that he is, reached out to a band that Brent's a big fan of <laughs> and, and asked them to, if they would mind. Send like an email. Yeah, or send something. him an email or in some way reach out to Brent uh-huh. um, for condolence purposes. Uh-huh. And I thought, that's really sweet and completely ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this isn't a garage band. <laughs> like, like, they tour, they're, you know, a pretty big deal. Uh-huh. I mean, they may not be like a top 40 band, yeah. but. 
it was guided by voices. He, he tried oh. to reach out to them nice. on your behalf. And I you. thought that was such You're a welcome. kind Thank thing you. to do. Thank you. And I was disappointed long, that I didn't get any shot. kind of response, but because <laughs> I'm sure they've got like a press, like someone who who manages their, their. I don't know. They might be in that kind of middle level where yeah. like. I don't know, just one of the dude's wives. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't even know how to reply to this. Exactly. <laughs> That's too sad for me. I'm getting off board here. The, I appreciate you thinking of me. Of That's course. Nice. Yeah, yeah, he's love a you, man. very nice person, but I think his expectations of other people's <laughs> kindness <laughs> and the time they're willing to devote to those yeah, things yeah. Is, is a little outsized. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, uh, so Ski, I'm ready to go ahead and turn it over to you for the recap if you're All ready right. to go. You guys all ready then? Correct. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Season 5, episode 19, 72 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, original air date was February 17th, 1990. Uh, written by Richard Vassey and Tracy Gamble. Mm-hmm. And uh, directed by Terry Hughes. Mm-hmm. Shocker there. Yeah, they didn't gamble on him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we open in the kitchen. We see Sophie and Blanche are sitting at the kitchen table uh, with Dorothy. She walks in, kind of ranting about a moronic dope. <laughs> uh, caterer that is supposed to be uh, servicing the charity dinner she's organizing to, su- to support the wetlands. Mm-hmm. Uh, a critical biome for diversity, by the way. Prehistoric wetlands were uh, abundant uh, and are now the primary source of much of the Earth's fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. Most people think fossil fuels and they think you know dinosaurs and stuff, mm-hmm. which that is part of it, but most of it is actually fossilized uh, trees and, and hmm. compacted uh, carbon from uh, wetlands. Oh, very nice. They used to cover a huge amount of the earth. So we do need to save the wetlands. Freaking yeah. Mm-hmm. For for the next generation of you know sentient beings that take over for us. Don't we want them to die so they turn into oil? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're the one who's going to die. Them die. Oh, you mean do we want the wetlands to die? Yeah. How are I they going to turn into oil if we don't <laughs> let them die? <laughs> I think we have to let them die and replace themselves, not be replaced with a mini mall. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what it is 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 like the like layers and layers of like mush that kind of compound on the uh-huh. base of the wetlands uh-huh. eventually get compressed so much mm-hmm. that that's what transforms them into oil or coal or something. You don't think they could be compressed underneath in Orange Julius? <laughs> sure they could. Probably yeah. faster. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we don't have giant presses that are just making fossil fuels for uh-huh. us. Uh, well, I don't know why Dorothy of doesn't years. use... Ah. Right. I don't know why <laughs> Dorothy doesn't use Blanche's former boyfriend who was a caterer. Right. <laughs> and a tasty one as well. <laughs> what, was that dude, what was that dude's name? The semen? I mean, I know what you're talking about because they wanted chowder or something like that was almost part of the, yeah. I think part of every menu, but I don't remember what his name was. Yeah. But he wasn't uh, fancy enough for Blanche's liking, right? Exactly. He was yeah. a little blue collar. Mm-hmm. But he was a chef. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's artsy. No, he's a short order cook. <laughs> no, no, no. Like I mean, I one. know he had a catering company and all that. Yeah, um, and his food was delicious for them. Yeah, but didn't he? Uh, wasn't he a chef that also was a bartender or something like that? There was something that was even <gasps> more. Maybe I'm confusing two different uh, boyfriends yeah. of Blanche's at yeah. this point. It's hard I to know, keep track sometimes. I know he he had the sight. The sight. Yeah. Uh, how can you expand? He wasn't the blind one. Oh. <laughs> I thought you meant like, yeah, like the second sight or something like that. Like he, was a, he had the shine. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I really don't remember that part of it. He was like it. Lionel. He had sight beyond sight. <laughs> well, yeah. It, uh, I can definitely say I agree with you on that point. <laughs> he, I'd be worried about a blind chef, honestly. I'm yeah. sure it exists, but it mm-hmm. seems dangerous. Mm-hmm. A lot of paprika. Face jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, right, the the caterer that she uh, characterizes moronic 
told her that he planned to serve wild duck and crayfish, mm-hmm. animals that are, of course, very popular, popular found in wetlands. Dorothy doesn't like the fact that the sense of irony would uh, accompany those main dishes. I don't see any problem with that being the main dishes, though. Yeah. I mean, are they saying that the problem in the wetlands is overhunting? I don't think that would probably be the case. Yeah, it never really specifically states what she's trying to save them from. Yeah, I would have to think it'd be from being torn down and replaced yeah. with, you know, I can think maybe potentially areas. pollution as well, but yeah, I would yeah. think overdevelopment would be yeah. the biggest issue. Either way, I, I don't think hunting these are like those things. Factory farm duck. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from New Jersey. Yeah. I had duck, I think. I want to say I had duck, like the first fancy meal me and my wife had together. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think that you enjoyed it? I think I did, yeah. Has there been a meat that you've had that you specifically were like, oh, that's gross and everyone eat that again? No, not that I can think of. Yeah, I can't think of anything Love off the top of my animals. head. <laughs> What'd you say? Love all God's animals. <laughs> in, in your belly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of a, an animal that I was like, never again. Yeah, off the top of my head, I can't either. But that said, I've never had exotic meats or common Swedish meats such as moose. <laughs> yeah. Now, I I don't remember. Did you go uh, with me and Don? And uh, you and Sherry went to uh, the... Uh, Eagle's Nest for yeah, prom? I, mm-hmm. I thought you did. I thought that we went together. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about this Don. Oh, uh, Don Nugent is a friend of ours. From... <laughs> I didn't mean you had to give her a last name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's listening. I mean, it's, right. she'll, she'll yeah, consider the... Uh, Don Nugent, five foot two. <laughs> 112. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a friend of ours from high school. Gotcha. Kind of dropped off after... So she wasn't like your, your bae? No, okay. no. No, I think they went as friends. Because okay. Don was Sherry's best friend oh, okay. gotcha. at the time. Um, unfortunately, they, they didn't have a falling out or anything. Just had oh, a drifting Don. apart. Yes, not Don. Okay. <laughs> Less interested. Donnie D. <laughs> yeah, there's a W Don, in there. Donnie D on the backup. Uh, but yeah, they, she was Sherry's best friend. And uh, yeah, I think that it was something where... Gotcha. Ski, Ski was did not go to our high school during the time I did. Gotcha. I, went, I went to... Uh, I went to a different high school my freshman year when Ski was going to Cecina, which is where I ended up going to. Mm-hmm. And then Ski did poorly, I think, his freshman year at Cecina. Very poorly, yeah. So his parents uh-huh. decided that they were not going to pay for him to go to a uh-huh. Catholic high school, so yeah. he went to a public high school. It was probably school. a prudent decision, especially financially speaking. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. definitely. I mean, it is odd <clears> because <throat> Ski and I have only gone to sc- only went to school together for three years, and that mm. was grade school, and yeah. yet somehow or another our <coughs> friendship some persevered. less uh, technical perspective, we were both at IEPY at the same time, though we had no classes together. Oh, right, yeah, ever. I don't <laughs> really count that. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so Dawn, uh, it was not a romantic uh, relationship no. between oh, okay. the two of them. Oh, but, but you I, took her to the Eagle's Nest and... You yeah, ordered. we had a really good time, but I was going to bring up, I had uh, duck for the first time there, duck okay. orange. Nice, nice. That's and a classy thing for an 18-year-old to order. <laughs> I, I remember liking it, but I also noticed it was like very bony. A yeah. lot of like yeah. small bones that like chickens and stuff don't normally have. Yeah. Like I'm sure like the waiter, waitress, whatever was impressed. Like I'm sure they saw a couple high school kids and like great chicken Gosh, fingers man. or burgers or something, <laughs> you know? Like I'm sure they were impressed that you ordered like a grown up meal. Well, in fairness, we were in like tuxes and prom dresses too, so we weren't just there in like a. So you were there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was there. That's okay. Well, I thought he said you said you didn't go. No, he no. was saying he did. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I, I was there. I think we were the ones who suggested it. It would have been kind of odd, I feel like, for two friends to choose <laughs> yeah. the Eagle's Nest as their destination. Yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah, so Sharon and I were a couple at the time, and I feel like Lance went with a, I think Lance, a yeah, girl I that was his... friends. Maybe Jenny. I don't know. I, can't yeah, I think you're right. I think it was. 
Jenny Crabtree. Just okay. <laughs> Did you order the duck all along? Also listening with Don. I have no memory of what I ordered. Uh-huh. I mean, again, that was 97. Yeah. So that would have been, you know, what, yeah. 25 years ago? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why I remember. It's yeah. probably just because it's the first time I had a duck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, well, and I think also because at the end, uh-huh. they did that little fancy foil folding where it looked oh, like yeah. a duck or yeah, something. Yeah. I had mm-hmm. leftovers. Yeah. They probably sat in our car yeah. for so <laughs> hours. Know, yeah. <laughs> during I, I during like, the dance when we were getting it down. Didn't James go with Jackie? And I think he was there yeah, too. Yeah, no. No? No, James went with. I can't remember. Because I, the reason I remember is because Jackie went with Gabe. Oh. And Gabe was like, had designs on Jackie. Uh, Thought, oh, this is it. Because like, <laughs> we went to Kings Island the day after. And he told me that he was going to ask. Jackie to be his girlfriend. I was uh. like, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> don't know how to tell you. Just don't go down yeah. that road, bud. <laughs> Those teen boy machinations. <laughs> yeah, well, he was anyways. probably 25 at the time. <laughs> what? <laughs> he, he was about a year and a half old. I think, I think he had had one, like I think he had started school a little bit late uh-huh. and then been held back one year. Gotcha. So we always joke that he was like Way you know, older, yeah. 15 he went years that older than yeah, us, yeah. but yeah. We were like, oh, in grade school, he could get his learner's permit, yeah. um, <laughs> which may have been true, um, yeah. <laughs> or at least right on the edge of it anyway. Yeah. But yeah, Gabe was one of the nicest people in the world, or is. Yeah. Probably, yeah. But that, that's a, a friendship that drifted apart a long mm-hmm. time ago. Yeah. We were never as nice to him as we probably should have been, in yeah, all fairness. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. All right, so you can head back in. Sorry, Lord. <laughs> Forgive us. Uh, but so, yeah, he's like... Uh, Saying, yeah, he's gonna serve the wild duck and crayfish. Dorothy doesn't like the idea. And uh, Sophia, though, is just interested to know if they're gonna have an open bar. <laughs> uh, Dorothy scoffs at her mother's joke, claiming that nobody really seems to care about the swamps. She states that, uh, you know, she is drowning in work trying to organize this thing. Blanche offers to help, but Dorothy softly puts her down, pointing out, uh, that volunteering your time would really detract from her doing Blanche stuff. Yeah, I, I like that phrase. She said, but honey, aren't your hands tied with all the work you're doing for you? <laughs> I, I found that to be odd, though, because all the girls seem to routinely dedicate their time and effort to charitable causes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche is admittedly the most self-centered of the group, I think, but she still helps quite a bit. She does, but it always seems like when Blanche does something that it... That's something to do for her. Exactly. Or? Yeah, she has her own Blanche spin on things to take away some of the you know charitable nature, nature of it. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Blanche continues though that she's yeah she's got a soft spot for bayous as uh, she quote became a woman in one. Mm-hmm. Sophia and Dorothy then come back with uh, questions about having uh, lost her virginity in other locations from stories they'd heard previously. She claims that oh those don't really count now, and that the, the bayou is her definitive story. Sophia uh, calls her a slut and then exits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just then, Rose enters and brings in the mail. Dorothy immediately asks uh, her to help out with the uh, charity boat uh, banquet, but Rose declines. Uh, Dorothy is stunned as Rose contributes to all the other local causes, including Save the Rich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines, potentially, of the entire series. Yeah, it was solid. Uh, Rose explains that her level of involvement is exactly why she needs a break. Uh, she then seems concerned as uh, she opens and starts to read a, a letter from the hospital. Mm-hmm. So Karma is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I am done with charity. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> and then fate strikes her oh, down. Right. <laughs> no, no pause. 
It, it, it's rare to see someone get their come up and so quickly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And the fact that the university you know, dropped it first class mail. Right. <laughs> you know, three they days were, prior. They knew it was coming and prepared. Exactly. Oh, it got out of the plan. Really, exactly. it was six. <laughs> it was really six years in advance. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so they they wanted to come and take a test. You know, everybody's probably you know, wondering what are they talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's related to a gallbladder uh, removal she had had six years ago. Mm-hmm. Dorothy asked to see it, and Rose replies, "Well, they don't keep <laughs> they don't keep organs after surgery." Yeah, they throw those out. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Dorothy uh, corrects her, saying that no, no, she meant to see the letter. Uh, Dorothy explains that uh, the group that uh, apparently Rose received a transfusion during her surgery, which may have contained HIV antibodies, uh, Rose immediately realizes that they want to perform an AIDS test on her. And understandably, gets very nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Dorothy and Blanche try to calm her down, pointing out that it's really just a precaution, and that uh, they'll just schedule an appointment to get the test done. And in the meantime, they should all, you know, may help to, together and focus on helping Dorothy with the wetlands banquet. Blanche starts talking about a quote creative way. Not quote, sorry, just she kind of infers a creative way to uh, raise all the funds in a single night. Dorothy can immediately tell that she's uh, referring to somewhat naughty concepts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she mentions about a celebrity auction, and well, uh, not yet. Oh, yeah. are we? Am I getting up, yeah. slightly ahead? Okay. Well, that's all right. You want to expound on that? No, you go ahead. I'll I'll, I'll jump in if uh, if you miss <laughs> it. Um, so yeah, in the living room, Dorothy is on the phone while sitting next to Sophia. Blanche enters and is very upset that she had sat in the mall for three hours at the uh, at a booth, you know, about the wetlands. I guess it's like an informational thing right. or sign up. And not, not one person, I think she said, stopped by. She thinks they need something catchy like uh, guessing the number of leeches in a jar. <laughs> uh, Dorothy drops that idea, <laughs> not liking it very much. But then Blanche comes up with the idea for a charity auction where celebrities donate personal items uh, for people to bid on, raising the funds for the charity. Right. Dorothy really likes that idea but points out that they you know, don't have a whole lot of time to contact celebrities and collect items for bid. They're on a pretty crunched schedule. <laughs> Blanche claims that she can pull some strings, that she knows a few famous people, saying that she knows what the F stands for in William F. Buckley. Mm-hmm. You think it's like William Fuck Buckley? <laughs> oh, I can tell you. <laughs> William F. Buckley Jr. was a conservative author and political commentator mm-hmm. that founded the National Review magazine and hosted the longest-running public affairs show, Firing Line. Also, the F stands for Francis. Francis, okay. Very nice. I can understand why he just abbreviated that. Like the Pope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or the saint. Or some other person named Francis. <laughs> right. Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Is Frank uh, short for Francis for Frank Sinatra as well? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I mean, that's Makes pretty sense, common shortening mm-hmm. of it. Um, yeah. There's also a talking mule named Francis. Oh, is there? Mm-hmm. Where would I know this talking mule from? From the series of films, Francis the Talking Mule. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like seven of them. Were Ran, they really? Yeah. Wow. Ran competing Mr. Ed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was like Mr. Ed was like the poor man's Francis the Talking Mule. Oh, yeah? Like he was the TV version versus mm. the big screen. <laughs> oh, well, I think Mr. Ed won because I know Mr. <laughs> Ed. I didn't know Mr. or Francis the Talking Mule. Yeah, I don't know. He probably didn't know because the theme song's catchier. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that may be the case, but that's all it takes sometimes. Yeah. So. yeah. I will say that. Um, Mentos is the fresh maker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It is indeed. I don't know. Like, I like this better when it was like, you know, we got to get Bob Hope. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, William F. Buckley's not as big of a draw. Well, they're just looking for a, for a possessions of William F. Buckley. Yeah, she, just sure wants, she just wants to wedge herself into the, uh, the, 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 the fancy society. Yeah, yeah. William F. Buckley, she's like, well, I know some people. Mm. Yeah. 
We're just like, I don't know. It's like we got Burt Reynolds. And now we got Bob Hope. Now we got William F. Buckley. <laughs> the world says collective who? Uh-huh. Right. Back next week, Casper Weinberger. <laughs> well, when they were talking about that, uh, it, it, so I'll go back to the thing that I was going to interject a little prematurely. Go for it. Um, you, you and your premature <laughs> interjections. <laughs> Ejections, yeah. Uh, <laughs> or interjections. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, very well. Anyways, uh, initially there was the confusion, not confusion exactly, but misinterpretation of uh, auctioning celebrities themselves. Oh yeah, Sophia Uh, says something, doesn't she? And that she says, uh, Sophia says something about that she would bid on Trini Lopez, Mm -hmm. and I think uh, Dorothy says, I know you like Trini Lopez, and she said, I don't, but who can I afford on a fixed income? Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know who the hell Trini Lopez is, Mm -hmm. but if I was doing a deep dive, that would have been what I would have done it on. Yeah. So do you know Brent, who Trini Lopez is? No, not the top oh, of my head. Wow. So it really singer, isn't obscure. I'm pretty sure. What's I, that? I think I looked it up, but it's a singer. Oh, singer? Okay. I believe so, yeah. I that forget what he sings. Oh, it's a dude? It's a dude. Oh. Oh, well, that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's all I wanted sorry, to interject. Sorry I didn't deep diver. Oh, no, that's fine. I mean... I... That diver, diver dude? Well, I thought you were saying deep dive her, but then you said it was a dude, so then I was <laughs> kind of confused about you got some William F. Buckley knowledge. There some, you go, yeah. Some mm-hmm. wetlands knowledge. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. You, you gave us some extra info. Two and we're only two. halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> only halfway through. Uh. <laughs> Can hit that 72-hour mark after all. That's right. <laughs> we are only at 34 minutes. 74, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Feels you take... longer. <laughs> I brought my Mountain Dew, so, I mean. Uh, oh, you got your energy supply? That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going for another 78 after that. Mm-hmm. Times like this, I feel like there's a Swedish family upstairs having dinner. <laughs> <laughs> We've been relegated to the basement. Exactly. Just, uh, and just yeah, amuse ourselves in the meantime. Amuse yourselves until we're done with our lingonberries. berries. <laughs> 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 uh, so Rose comes into the living room and asks if uh, anyone wants to drive her to the hospital. Blanche points out that her appointment is not yet for you know three more hours. Rose says that she wants to arrive early and that she'll just go ahead and drive herself. As she should probably get used to being alone, uh, Blanche asks what she means by that, and Rose explains that if uh, her test comes back positive, no one is going to be one, or want to be around her, not them, not Miles, or anyone. Mm-hmm. Dorothy gets up and forcefully states that that's not true, and insists that Miles will feel the same way. Rose asks what she should tell them or tell him, and they explain that she doesn't have to say anything to him right now, as it's really still just a test. And uh, Rose kind of snaps back that it's not just any test. Right. Sophia tells her that she can sympathize with her being nervous, that she felt similarly when they uh, went to the neurologist to test her memory. When Rose asked what she did to cope, Sophia says, oh, I usually add a cup of bleach. Mm-hmm. Uh, this did not diffuse the tension. <laughs> um, so they changed scenes. Uh, Rose is walking into the hospital waiting room, accompanied by Blanche and Dorothy. Uh, she tells the receptionist that she's there for you know, kind of hushed tones, AIDS test. Uh, before she gives her name, the receptionist can tell that she's embarrassed and tells her that, she, uh, you know, they're encouraged uh, to promote anonymity and she can give a fake name if she likes. Rose is relieved by this and says that her name is Dorothy Zbornak. Yeah, oh, that was really funny. Yeah. Dorothy, you know, they switch it to her, to the camera does. She gives that her classic exasperated look. Uh, the girls take a seat and they comment on the inherent flaws of how such testing has been conducted, how it kind of you know, makes everyone so nervous and uh, just kind of could, I suppose, be improved right. overall. 
Rose tells him that uh, she hasn't been this scared since 1952 when St. Olaf's most active volcano mm-hmm. was likely to erupt. Mm-hmm. I like that. It was her, the most. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she goes on to detail that uh, Druid priests uh, tricked her into participating in some kind of fetish-like ceremony. Mm-hmm. Rose later discovered they, they weren't who they claimed to be, just a group of uh, Shriners with a nonsense of humor. Right. Yeah, I, I love that line, though, that she said. It was one of my favorites, maybe, of the episode, but... Uh, Maybe my favorite of the episode. Mm-hmm. But she said, uh, they said they could stop it if they could sacrifice the town's dumbest version. I don't know why I raised my hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great. How old was she in 52? I mean, she would have had to be probably around, I'm trying to think. Do we know? How old she is right now? Or in the show, yeah. I mean, right now <laughs> she's roughly 55, I would say. Um, and this would be in 1990, so that'd be... Yeah, my math skills now. <laughs> so she'd have been like around 15, I would think. Something like that. Okay. I'm probably wrong on that now, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm on the spot. <laughs> we can break on our, our, our calculator. 17, maybe? Oh. That sounds right. A math pad. So it's socially acceptable for her to be a virgin. Sure, yeah. Like It, it seems like one of those things that if you're going to sacrifice a virgin, then it's like... You should automatically start at 18 and above. Mm. You know, <laughs> you should start sacrificing children for oh, virgins. Yeah. <laughs> that one's five. We're pretty sure that's safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so she would have been, if this is 1990, well, I guess we don't know how old she is right now, though, so, yeah. we, so I can't really pinpoint it. We'll but just say been probably mid to late teens. Yeah, yeah, she would have been in the ballpark of 18. Yeah. But in real life, I mean, she was born in, what, 1921? Yeah, that sounds right. So she would have been like 31 at the exactly. time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> exactly. But I just, poor Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know for a fact that they, uh, he made up his time later on. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Rose starts to uh, get more anxious, and she gets up to walk around nervously. Uh, Blanche kind of pulls her to the side and explains that once she had gotten an mm-hmm. HIV test as well, and that it made her, uh, uh, and that it made her examine her own habits and uh, practices with men. And uh, <coughs> excuse me, now she's much more cautious, you know, knowing their history and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, then they call for Mrs. Bornack, and Rose clarifies that they mean Dorothy's Bornack. <laughs> Uh, she proceeds into uh, the next room, and Blanche goes with her. Uh, the real Dorothy stays in the waiting room, and Sophia finally shows up, explaining that, you know, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, to her daughter, that whenever she is, visits the hospital, she likes to go cheer people up, mm-hmm. saying that she had gone after, I think she said she picked up a prescription or something, right? Right. Mm-hmm. She'd gone to the geriatrics division and sang, anything you can do, I can do better. Yeah, oh, that was solid. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there was a tough crowd, and they were throwing jello at her. Yeah, if you can call it that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or she said, if you can call that throwing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was it, was, it was a good little back and forth. Mm. Uh, Dorothy was reading through a pamphlet about teenagers and AIDS discussions, uh, lamenting that uh, parents are so squeamish about talking to their kids about sex. Uh, she remembers that Sophia was less than technical in her discussion with her. Mm-hmm. Sophia tells her, though, the times have changed, and uh, that she's picked up a bag of condoms for her, uh, handing her a brown paper bag. Sophia then says that uh, her male counterparts should put them on you know W-H-E-R-E. <laughs> it's odd to me the things that you paraphrase, <laughs> because there are a lot of things that you give like an exact or a detailed description. Mm-hmm. But, you know... Well, that just so everyone knows, that's a callback, because... 
She said that the untechnical term she used before was she spelled out where. Well, yeah, but she said. I think if they really wanted to call back, though, it would have been a bag of King George prophylactics. Right. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> but just where do you go with her male counterparts? But the boyfriends. actual phrase said boyfriends, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, yeah, you know what? I should have said boyfriends because it would be rare for Sophia to even admit that, that Dorothy would have a boyfriend. Oh, true, mm-hmm. yeah, or multiple, nonetheless. <laughs> Well, it's just one of those things that, I mean, do you think Sophia's kicking herself for not being more specific in her speech because of what Stan did? Could be. <laughs> you know, like, if she'd have just been like, yeah, I'll put it on his wiener, she'd be like, oh, okay, so I don't want Stanley to do that. <laughs> well, in fairness, um, you know, Dorothy was asleep. <laughs> so she, I don't know if we can really blame Sophia uh, mm-hmm. so much for that. There's a lot to blame to go around in that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Still, she could try to be making up for lost time. Right. <laughs> Better Mistake. late than never. <laughs> Mistakes of the past. Well, it's probably less likely that Dorothy would have a child now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it still has its protection, you know. Is, uh, is Dorothy, Dorothy's gone through the change, right? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, because Blanche was the last one to go through it. Yeah. I guess we don't even know if Rose has gone through it. I feel like that all of them were talking about going through the change at the time and that Blanche was the only one who had gotcha. yet. But. Yeah, I that could sounds be wrong right to on me that, too. But yeah. I think that's the case. Yeah, I think theoretically she's supposed to be the youngest, or is the youngest. Yeah, or... yeah, but they're all. I think those three are all supposed to be, you know, within a pretty short amount of time of each other. Yeah, in yeah. reality, Sophia was actually the youngest, wasn't she? Um, I don't think she was the youngest, but I think she was like second. Yeah, so she definitely was not the oldest. When do we go through the change? Like fifties? I think so. Yeah, Seems but I mean, right. I think it can probably vary. Yeah, yeah, it depending on the could. person. Have you gone through the change? I have not yet, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Getting tired of all this uh, monthly, you know, business I have to deal with. <laughs> Wait for the hot flashes. Right. And, well, you know, I'm a generally cold person anyway, so. <laughs> we made a ch- nice change of pace. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it'll happen during the winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so we changed scene again. Uh, in the examination room, uh, Rose is sitting on, uh, you know, the examination table holding a uh, compressor arm. Obviously, like covering up where they drew blood. Uh, Blanche comments that she wishes she could uh, say something to help. I think Rose even says, "Well, you can say I'll be fine, right?" Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctor comes in and says that Rose seems to be in good physical shape and asks if she has any questions. Of course, she says, "Yeah, I'd like to know what the test results are." And the doctor explains that the testing takes three days uh, to uh, complete. In a bit of a hysterical tone, Rose wonders out loud. You know, how she's going to get through the next three days to find out if she has, you know, a disease that may kill her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I just can't help but wonder. I mean, like, it's been six years. Right. Surely if something was going to go south, it would have by now. You would think so, but, I, you know, I don't know how long that takes to, to manifest. Um, and plus, of course, at the time, <clears throat> at least publicly, there was so much less, uh, you know, public knowledge about it. Well, less think, understanding overall. Yeah, understanding. Yeah. Medical, yeah. Medically I mean, and, and... I mean, even several years past that, you know, it was still a, you know, a source of a misunderstanding. You yeah. guys remember when Magic Johnson came out and talking about it? It was like 92, so it, it wasn't, wasn't far, far from off, this, yeah. yeah. But uh, she storms out of the room in a huff and Blanche kind of hurries behind her. Speaking of Magic Johnson, I saw something about Larry Bird the other day mm-hmm. and <laughs> it was basically talking about you know, why he's the greatest basketball player okay. <laughs> ever lived. So, so did you write this yourself? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and basically the, uh, the point of the article was, 
whenever you're talking about the all-time greatest in basketball, mm-hmm. whatever topic you're talking about, Larry Bird's always in the conversation. It's one of those things that whether you're talking about, you know, shooting or assists or free throws. Game, yeah, exactly. And he's the only person who's always in the conversation. It's one of those things that, like, if you're talking about shooting, then, like, or, you know, points or whatever, then, yeah, you know, you'll talk about, you know, Michael Jordan, but you'll also talk about Larry Bird. But if you're talking about, you know, stealing or whatever, you're not talking about Michael Jordan, but you are talking about Larry Bird. Or if you're talking about assists, you're not talking about Michael Jordan, but you are talking about Larry Bird. I don't know who this person is that wrote this article, but Michael Jordan was pretty pretty excellent in all those aspects as well. He won Defensive Player of the Year at least once, maybe multiple times. He was one of the steals leaders okay. throughout his career. Maybe I'm getting some of the details wrong. <laughs> all of the details. But the gist of the article. Bird was excellent in his own right, but uh, exactly. I would agree. Like Larry Bird is always in the conversation. you got to stop reading those white nationalist articles. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ski loves it, the, the idea of somebody else at the table being called racist. <laughs> I love that you brought it there. <laughs> when we're talking athlete of the century, you know, I, we had this conversation back in 1999, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, shit, we, we didn't even know each other in 99. Why, why were we talking about athlete of the century? I don't know. Um, when... I guess I don't remember when we were talking about it specifically. Maybe sometime when we worked in Elnet together. Yeah. Um, Why was that? Why were we talking about? I mean, let's say that would have been around 2003 is when we started working together. Yeah. Um, no, not far off at all, really. Yeah. Why were we talking about this? I don't know. Why are you talking about anything? You've never Just been someone uh, who's like a huge sports person. Yeah. So that was never like a uh, one of the. I just, I just remember that, you know, in my heart of hearts, um, you know, athlete of the century, you know, I know it's Muhammad Ali, okay? okay. But I will go to my grave saying that it's Larry Bird. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm fooling myself because I know it's Muhammad Ali. <laughs> but why were you and I discussing? I'm this? sure it was some sort of, uh, you know, humor-related conversation. Yeah. Um, I don't know why it would have come up. Yeah. Uh, maybe I was like, do you like sports? You're like, I like Larry Bird. <laughs> <laughs> sports is Larry Bird the greatest athlete of the century <laughs> and you're like no and I'm like well there's your answer <laughs> I'm sorry Ski I cut you off I don't even know what I was talking about now <laughs> so, um, I'll, I'll just leave it out there that I disagree with your assessment yeah. um, both from a basketball standpoint and greatest athlete of the century who do you um, think's better than Muhammad Ali I think you could definitely make an argument for Michael Jordan for that as well Pish-posh. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, Carl Lewis, too. The mailman? No, that's Carl Malone. No. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Malone, also good, but... Uh, I believe Carl Lewis is a track and field. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he win, like, a ton of like, yeah, I believe yeah, so. gold medals? And Hitler walked out on him, right? Mm, I yeah. think so. So that, that alone gives him a nice uh, leg up on most of the competition. Yeah. But. I've never seen that Ali movie. Have you not? No. So you consider him the greatest athlete of the century, and you've mm-hmm. never seen his movie with uh, Will Smith? Correct. So, Will Smith can throw a punch, though. Yeah, that's I what know. I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> um, not like Ali, though. But I did go down to the Ali uh, Museum down in Louisville. Oh, really? It's it pretty nice. cool? Yeah, it is. It's really nice. It's, it's, it's really, really good, and it's worth checking out if you're in the Louisville area mm-hmm. or whatever. Is that but, where he grew up? I, didn't, mm-hmm. I don't really yep. know. Yep. Um, but I will say there's one bit that's sort of disconcerting. Like, you're going through, 
and it spins rightfully so. You know, it's talking about, you know, his, his charity work and his, you know, uh, philanthropic, philanthropic, you know, endeavors or whatever. Right. And then just past that section of the museum, you get to the section that has, like, his big pimp Cadillac. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they need to, like, do a different segue or reposition that pimp mobile. Yeah. Talk about how great you know he is with the yeah. you know, <laughs> like terrible works. Here's his solid gold toilet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> just like Steve said, it's just a hard left turn. <laughs> it's just jarring. And now something completely different. Right? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. He wasn't a saint. He's yeah. also a sinner. <laughs> he, he gave a lot of money, but he spent a lot too. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Should we tell them what that's from? I think we've mentioned it at Maybe, some point. Yeah, yeah, but you're probably right. Yeah, there was, I don't know if you recall, but back in the 90s, there was a big NBA strike okay. um, where I think they missed half a season or something <laughs> like that. Larry Bird was not involved. No, I don't believe so. I think it was post-Larry Bird's career, um, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be wrong. So I tuned out already? Probably. <laughs> Larry, if anything, Larry Bird was probably working with the Pacers by then. Maybe, um, but Patrick Ewing made a, a comment in the media saying that you know, the dispute, of course, is just over money, as, as all those types of things are. And he said, we make a lot of money, but we spend a lot, too. Mm-hmm. And that was always one of our favorite like, yeah. Justification for mm-hmm. the multi-million dollar. It's yeah. funny, though, because now, now that I kind of have a better understanding of things, I know back then I was definitely among the people who are like, oh, yeah. These, Freaking rid- ridiculous, Yeah, right? these people make so much money to play mm-hmm. a sport. Um, those billionaires, they're the ones who deserve to keep the money. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's a... A bit jarring as well. Yeah. That we both, we, we all know now that like. <laughs> now in hindsight, you're like, who's this Carl Malone? Uh, no, this was Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing needs all that money because he's paying hardworking accountants like me. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's pumping a lot of that money back into the economy. <laughs> but um, yeah, nowadays I'm all for the uh, athletes to get as much money as they can. That's so ridiculous. Absolutely not. Why? Compare if if the money's coming in, the athlete should be getting ninety percent of it, in my opinion. Yeah, the owner and the make, owner should be getting. They should make a profit, but it should be a small portion of the profits. Most of the profit should go to the athletes. Now, if you want to argue that we pay too much for ticket costs or things of that nature that contribute, and I know you have your very strong opinions about publicly funded um, arenas and correct and venues, I can totally understand all your points of view there. I'm just saying that a large, the larger percentage of the profits. That the sports make should, should go, go to the, people to the actually performing the service yeah. versus who have limited times in their career versus the people who own the teams that can own them for their entire lives, pass that down to their mm-hmm. children, and they loan it. You know, yeah. So that's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, not that I think they're underpaid, mm-hmm. just that they should get a higher percentage of the revenue that comes in, whatever amount their revenue. So is. You're, you're saying there should be a redistribution of wealth? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess in that in that way. I mean, I think that in general, yes. Um, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm not a socialist, but I believe in some socialist ideas. Um, I, I guess if you're just saying mm-hmm. that taxation, higher taxation on the wealthiest people. Uh, to help distribute that to the less fortunate, then I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I believe Jesus would be on board with that as well. I think so, but, you know. I'm just saying that, like you said, you know, first and foremost, they need to be self-sufficient. There should be zero tax dollars going to any part of the process, mm-hmm. you know. And then once we get to that, where it becomes just a strictly, you know, a private enterprise between a dude who owns a stadium who's, you know, paying for athletes or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, 
then I think it comes down to the athlete should make what the market can bear. And I think that owner can, you know, find somebody who's willing to play that game a little bit cheaper than that one in order to keep more of the money for himself. And rightfully so, because he's the one who's making all the investments and the outlay into the stadium and the uniforms and everything else that goes along with it. I mean, he's the one who actually has, you know, skin in the game, you know, to mix a metaphor. You know, he's he's investing, so he should be reaping the profits. I, I mean, I can understand what you're saying on that. Um, I just disagree that in in a world where there's, I mean, they're organized labor unions, right? Okay. So they're not, it's not a situation where it's just a completely free market that these players are playing under. Okay. Um, and I'm just saying that in the in the idea that there's a union that's negotiating a contract and all this is under contract, mm -hmm. that those unions should negotiate contracts um, where the players get a higher percentage of the money that comes mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. so. You are awfully selective about who can unionize and who cannot. I've never said that. <laughs> Listen, by all means, if you think you can find representation that'll get you a bigger piece of this pie, by all means, go out and find yourself a union. <laughs> <laughs> to join. I'm not telling you you should not form You're going to get a phone call from my union rep, Pick Me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I will tell Pick Me that I am completely down with you and Ski sharing 90% of the profits that come in. <laughs> and as management, I'll just take that lowly 10%. Yeah. But yeah, of you, course, we have to redistribute the cost as well. Exactly. <laughs> you said profits. Is that net or gross? <laughs> <laughs> That that would be our, our net profits. I got I got my check in the mail, and it for, was for an accountant. You delayed quite a bit as you tried to remember which was well, net and which was gross. Well, I guess for a second I was thinking, have we got any profit? And I was like, well, I guess there's the book we could split. So yeah. that would be our gross profit. <laughs> well, so for a second I was like, well, they're kind of the same for us. Um, but uh, yeah, that's very funny. So, anyways, how much did we invest in stickers? And sticker, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how much I've invested in the podcast, you know, in total. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure I could pretty easily figure it out. But then there's also you two could submit your uh, gas mileage as expenses mm -hmm. as well. So, yeah. um, but my monthly Hulu yeah. <laughs> subscription. <laughs> so. Yeah, the Hulu subscription that I'm bumming off of. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, legitimate. It's totally yeah. legitimate. Well, I think you could claim that uh, Camden should be part of that account and that Camden yes. is probably at your house at least 50% of the time of his life. It's, it's, <laughs> so. it's a pretty decent percentage. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'll, I'll definitely agree with that. <laughs> so I think that you have a legitimate claim <laughs> <laughs> to have the Hulu. If anything, I think that you know your daughter loses some of the claim to the Hulu account. <laughs> Anyways. So we're enough of sports. Back to AIDS. <laughs> yeah. That's an awful Sorry, transition. That was really that awful. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Bad taste. Uh, in the kitchen, Dorothy's on the phone learning that uh, the band she had arranged for the banquet is also canceling on her, opting to play at the free Noriega benefit instead. <laughs> Side note, I assume they're referring to Manuel Noriega, a dictator of Panama, drug trafficker, weapons dealer, and uh, he was deposed by U.S. forces and imprisoned by multiple governments until his death. Mm. At least having a free benefit for him. Right. Yeah. Uh, Rose walks in the kitchen uh, from the garage, and uh, Blanche asks <laughs> why she was up so early. Rose says that... It's like the free was modifying benefit and not Noriega. Right. <laughs> 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 
I don't know if he parsed that sentence the way I did not. <laughs> I think he was trying to get back into his recap. <laughs> I'm glad you interrupted. It, yeah. it makes it better. He's like, mm-hmm. Exactly. We got, you know, 70 and a half hours to go. So. Right. <laughs> Spotifyers, folks. We're going to have lots of these. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. Uh, yeah, she, Blanche asked Rose why she was up so early. Rosa said that she couldn't sleep and went for a spin to Alabama, <laughs> which they're in freaking Miami. I know, that that's is, a hell of a spin. <laughs> I don't know that she could have gotten there and back in that amount of time. I don't think so. Yeah, it's probably eight hours. Yeah, I would say, and then you figure you're going there and back. Just you, the length of Florida. Because yeah, even if you just drove in and just came immediately yeah, yeah, back, yeah. you're talking 16 hours of driving. Yeah. So I guess it depends on how much of this time has elapsed. <laughs> right. I guess that'd be a cool way to, you know, spin off for 72 hours. <laughs> Going to Alabama, that is a cool way to spend your time. Well, I was thinking just for, for locked alone in a car thinking mm-hmm. about whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Probably making it horrible, wouldn't it? Well, like, if, so if Miami I is would, like, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, yeah, I agree. I think it would be horrible to just be with your own thoughts and music <laughs> in the car. I feel like that would not help the time pass that well. Yeah. But go ahead. I was going to say, so if, like, Miami is on the tip of America's wang, Mm -hmm. does that make Alabama its taint? (laughs) (laughs) Then where is America's butthole? (laughs) I would say Texas. Texas. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on board. (laughs) Some would argue California. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it depends on which side of the political spectrum you're on. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just saying, if, if, if the United States was an animal with, like, the legs... Although I guess the Florida would be a leg then instead of a wang. <laughs> well, maybe it's just a man with no legs. <laughs> so, yeah, she goes to Alabama just real quick for the mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. In a rather excited uh, state, she claims that uh, she's fine. Uh, then turns around and notices a box full of celebrity donated items. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does notice that a uh, dress from Jamie Farr, clinger from MASH, mm-hmm. uh, was missing and gets upset that you know it was promised and not delivered. Yeah, I love that. She's like, you couldn't trust Klinger on guard duty, and you can't trust him now. Mm-hmm. And then I think someone tells her to calm down, and she's like, oh, I'm supposed to take it easy. Me, when the Klingers of the world are kicking us in the teeth. <laughs> you know what? You just got my next few lines I'm of dialogue. No, you mm-hmm. delivered it way better than I would have. <laughs> Jamie Farr is Lebanese. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. I think I knew that somehow yeah. or another. I mean, you have men- maybe have mentioned it on this podcast before. Yeah, I think that was back when uh, Gene visited. Ah. Uh, they continue to calm Rose down uh, to no avail. Mm-hmm. So, On the show, not in real life. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Sophia even gets up and slaps Dorothy to, <laughs> because she won't slap Rose, I guess. Right. Uh, unfortunately, Blanche offers, uh, or ultimately, rather, Blanche offers to take uh, Rose for lunch and to a uh, movie to de-stress. Mm-hmm. Rose relents, staying that she still has 52 hours to kill. Uh, they exit, and Dorothy comments on how rough it is watching Rose come a bit unhinged. Sophia agrees, saying that uh, the donate address did arrive, <laughs> and then <laughs> asks Dorothy, how do I look? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know funny. Jamie Farr is kind of a slight man, but I still don't think that uh, Sophia would be able to fit in a dress that he had worn. Maybe she feel, fills it out far less than he would. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Maybe that uh, waist cinches down on her more. Oh, right. <laughs> Uh, he showed up on um, <clears throat> Cool Kids, um, like he guest starred oh, an yeah? episode or two of that a year or so back when that show was a thing. Um, and like I didn't recognize him at first because um, he has like silver hair or whatever now, but he was still like really, really funny. Hmm. Well, I go. knew he was on MASH, and that's always what I'll know him for. But mm-hmm. 
I also knew him from Aftermash. <laughs> Aftermash? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I did. I looked it up on uh, Wikipedia. He was on a ton of stuff. Yeah. I didn't oh, realize yeah. his uh, career was so varied. Yeah. But uh, James Seen, uh, Dorothy is sitting on the couch when Sophia emerges, having been in her bathroom for an extended period. Dorothy asks, you know, why she used her bathroom, and Sophia replies that Rose had used the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she sees uh, that Sophia has even marked an R on coffee mugs uh, used by Rose, Dorothy kind of shames her mother for buying into uh, ignorant paranoia, and that uh, she said she adds to the stigma of HIV and AIDS. Sophia says, you know, she's doing better because yesterday she had gone down to the Shell station to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Dorothy and Blanche both kind of tell her that she's going to have to get over this, and Sophia sheepishly agrees, but states that, you know, with the possibility of the disease being so close, she's scared, which I think is fair. Yeah. Uh, she adds that uh, she's not uh, normally like this and that she's been using Dorothy's toothbrush for months. <laughs> right. Now we see Rose sitting on the kitchen table uh, when Blanche comes in and asks, you know, how she's doing. Rose tells her, tells her that she's uh, regretting not taking better care of her gallbladder and uh, basically the entirety of items that led to the situation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Just <laughs> thinking, of, thinking of Charlie and all the beatings he gave her gallbladder. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't go into that depth, folks. But, uh, you know, I, maybe? Yeah, I don't it could know. be. <laughs> I don't know. I had to have my gallbladder out and it hadn't taken any beatings. <laughs> Mileage may vary. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that reminds me. I have a, a really funny little thing to mention to you guys. I, I wrote it down upstairs. I don't have it with me, but I'll, I'll try to remember it as best I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to Liam. He's my youngest. He's uh, mm-hmm. eight at this point. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about some of the different uh, milestones uh-huh. that, uh, that he'll hit. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, when you're 16, you'll get to drive. Mm-hmm. And when you're, you know... 18, you'll get to vote and things like that. And, <coughs> and he was like, what happens when you're 50? And I was like, oh, nothing as far as I know. It's uh, nothing really Arthritis. Happen- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nothing really happens. Colonoscopy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said, nothing really happens when you're 50. And he said, don't you uh, get that uh, finger stuck up your butt? <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, I guess. I guess that does happen. <laughs> Where did he hear about this? I, mean, I think at some point it came up in conversation about it, um, and it, it must have stuck. <laughs> Good uh, way of putting it. But yeah, look, so. that's the prostate exam, though. Yeah, different <laughs> <laughs> than the colonoscopy. Yeah, well, that's true, but yeah. uh, but they're in the same. Um, yeah, yeah. Thought process, anyway. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> I've not had that one. But oh, you haven't had the uh, the, the prostate exam yet. Uh, wouldn't you be kind of a candidate to have it earlier, though? I was the I was a candidate for the uh, the colonoscopy. But that's more because um, your colon and your prostate are two different things, right? Yeah. But are the two okay? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, colonoscopy that that's more like your digestive tract. The right, prostate yeah. exam is more for like pre-cancer screening, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean, I I should have my prostate. Exam. Okay. I should have it, I'm sure. Well, I just didn't know if, sense. like, having, because, you know, like, I know that you have family history mm-hmm. with with the colon part. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't know if one made you more likely for the other, or if they're just completely, you know, like different things. No correlation between yeah, the two. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're both in the same southern hemisphere. Right. But it's yeah. Okay. So it's like, yeah, like I didn't. I, don't know, I haven't had like a scan for like lung cancer or anything like that. Mm, just like, yeah, hey, you're still talking butt play, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have fans. <laughs> I guess I could have. I guess I don't know why they don't do it though. Like if they're already down there, right. it's like I take a left when you're like three <laughs> inches in just to, just to check. I don't know. Wall them out, you know. <laughs> exactly. Might as well just get it's all, all that area you know, cleaned out. Why not? Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I don't want to do this again. Mm-hmm. Um. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's it's clean, so just <laughs> stick a finger up there and just double check. Right. You know? <laughs> Don't expect to be this clean again in the future. Exactly. Don't wake me up till after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that does kind of uh, help as well, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Well, no, you know, guys, when we go get our colonoscopies, we can say, hey, yeah. Doc, mm-hmm. while it's going on. Well, Brent's already gotten one, though. So oh, I guess you just have gotten you a colonoscopy? Yeah, Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. I misunderstood what you guys were talking about, I guess. Uh, they put in my chart that, you know, I was pleasant. <laughs> oh, I do remember you talking about yeah, that. Yeah, I can't remember that story. Because I, I told you Nicole had gotten one, too. Yeah, I? yeah, yeah. Was she was she written up as pleasant? I doubt it. Come uh, <laughs> I love her, but I don't know that they went that deep with it. <laughs> That's as soon as I said it. <laughs> so you should have let it marinate for a second before Sorry. you laughed at your own joke. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been better. See what I did there? But... <laughs> It like, it was just... so immediate, it sounded like you were planning the ha-ha. Uh, <laughs> no, just as soon as I said it, it you was... tripped over your own punchline. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so I could repeat that if you want me to. No, I think we're, <laughs> we're good. People can slow it down and rewind if they need to. <laughs> what was that he said? Um, so, yeah, Rose is, you know, kind of lamenting the fact that she didn't take better care of her gallbladder, I guess. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know... What gallbladder care exactly entails? I mean, just diet, I think, is the main thing. So. Mm-hmm. But bottom yeah. line, she's... she's Get it rotated ups- every 10,000 miles. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> she's upset that she had to get the transfusion, ultimately, that led to this situation. Mm-hmm. Lance tells her that, you know, she should take it easy, but Rose says, you know, she doesn't feel like taking it easy and is tired of holding on her panic to I mean, avoid... it's the- one of those things that, like, it wasn't an elective surgery. Like, she had it removed for a reason. Right, yeah. You know? And it's one of those things that, I mean, I understand that at six years prior, she hadn't realized that she was, you know, doing something risky by getting a blood transfusion. Right. But again, it's one of those things that it needed to be done. She should be thankful for the fact that she's lived another six years as a result, you know, even if she was, you know, closer to death than she realized. Yeah. Well, now, the, the gallbladder surgery is somewhat elective. Really? Uh, yeah, because, like, they told me you could weigh, like, once you have a gallbladder attack, you're likely to have them again, uh-huh. and and the more you have, the more frequently they're going to come, and the yeah. more severe they're going to be. Yeah. But it's not something where you know, like I could have been like, no, I don't want to do it right now, and they'd have been yeah. like, okay, well, mm-hmm. this is probably going to happen again. Yeah. Um, so Rose theoretically may have had some choice in the matter, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like once the doctor says you should probably consider this, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Because it's more or less a worthless organ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. Like appendix, right? More or less. Yeah. I mean, it does have some functionality more so than an appendix does, but. It's not much. Yeah. Did I ever tell you what the appendix used to do? Uh, you might have at some point, but I don't Did recall I now. That? Or do you know? I don't know. Actually, it was a vestige back from like uh, caveman days almost where it was helping uh, to digest uh, raw meat. Oh, gotcha. So, since we cook everything now pretty much. Yes, yeah. or pickle it. 
There, yeah, or Piglet. So prepared, if I prepare it elsewise. Yeah. Since I still have my appendix, though, if I wanted to start eating raw meat, I'd probably be pretty good to go. I'm sure you'd be fine. Yeah. Okay. Good deal. You asking Skitty to give you some raw meat? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't plan to eat it. <laughs> I'm not a cannibal. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, so I'm going to hit my out of pocket uh, this year, you know, for my insurance or whatever. Congrats. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. So hey. I'm just playing with the house's money. Well, <laughs> That's I mean, right. That happened to me this year, too, because I because uh, of the gallbladder yeah, yeah. thing. And so I was like, well, I've been needing to get this sleep study done. So I mm-hmm. went ahead and got that done. Yeah. And I have I have this one little, like, cyst on the back of my ankle. It's been there since, mm-hmm. I don't know, for at least a decade. Yeah. And I thought, well, you know, maybe it, once in a while it kind of causes me some discomfort if my socks mm-hmm. are too tight or something yeah. like that. I'm like, Hell, maybe I'll get that done too. Yeah. While uh, yeah, I've got this little polyp on my, you know, shoulder thing, Bertram. So yeah. I have him removed. Bertram, you named it. <laughs> <laughs> I have not named this little cyst on my ankle, yeah. so I guess I'll have to consider that. Yeah, call it uh, Malcolm. Malcolm it sounds right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is it in the middle? No, it, it's, it, it's more. It's more to the right. So then, uh, <laughs> then Rush yeah. for Limbaugh. Uh-huh. It's always to the right. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, if it was getting removed, I guess. But he was removed. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to Glenn Beck? He's still around, but okay. I, I think he just uh, does the more right wing, um, okay. you know, uh, news stations or whatnots. Gotcha. So. But but I could be wrong term. on that. Heck, he yeah. could be. He could be a correspondent for a more centrist thing, but just their right wing correspondent. Yeah, you know, exactly. I have no idea. Exactly. He could be a panelist on Geraldo's show. Yeah. I don't know. Ever since he screamed in front of the country, that pretty much... Uh, was, wasn't was it Glenn Beck that did that? No, no. Who I'm thinking of? John... John Kerry? Was it John Kerry? He was like, we're going to someplace. We're going to someplace. Ah! Oh, no. Um, you're thinking of Howard Dean. <laughs> Howard Dean. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that pretty much ended his political career yeah. <laughs> in all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I can't honestly say I remember any of that. So it was it was in the primaries. Yeah, uh, the 2000 election, something like that. Yeah, that sounds well, right. It's been a while then. So. Yeah, maybe 2004. Yeah, it, a while nonetheless. Correct. So yeah, Lance tells Rose to take it easy, and Rose kind of days. <laughs> say again. No, no continue. <laughs> Rose says she doesn't want to take it easy because and she's. I see the end of page two, so I know you know it's a light at the end of the tunnel. Oh yeah, we're we're, we're coming down the we're coming down the home stretch. Yeah. There's a, there's a bunch of short little vignettes from yeah, John yeah. out, basically mm-hmm. little quick scene that kind of culminates the rest. Uh, but yeah, Rose says that she doesn't want to take it easy, and she's basically being she's tired of being told to take it easy, mm-hmm. and and kind of holding it in just so people patronize her. Mm-hmm. Now she points out that you know there's a conundrum of trying to stay quiet just so other people won't worry about her. Mm-hmm. She then expounds that this type of situation isn't supposed to happen to quote people like her that have been so good throughout life, mm-hmm. saying that you know Blanche has likely been with hundreds of men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Blanche, of course, takes offense to this, asking if you know maybe she somehow deserves this instead of Rose. Rose says, "Well, no, but you know I'm a good person," insinuating that you know good people shouldn't suffer through this type of. Scare or disease. Mm-hmm. Blaine's kind of smacks her down verbally, reminding her that, uh, quote, AIDS is not a bad person's disease. It is not God punishing people for their sins, which, quite honestly, normally I go with funny lines, but that was my favorite line of this episode. It was a good one, yeah. Uh, Rose agrees, and they apologize to one another for kind of getting loud. 
uh, Rose asks, you know, how she made it through when, you know, she was, you know, waiting for her test results. Mm. Blanche explains that she just kept it to herself and was basically horrible to everyone else. And Rose responds, no wonder we never knew. Can you tell me what her exact line was? I know, you just want me to cuss. <laughs> Ski's a, a, very, very rarely cusses. Although he, it's odd because he won't say words like, fuck or bitch or shit, uh-huh. like, you know, the more common cuss words. <laughs> but yet he has no problem using the more vulgar cuss words like cock or pussy or something mm. like that, <laughs> which I feel is such a weird... They're more sex-related, and I like sex. Well, I understand that, <laughs> but I feel like that most people would be far more offended by those terms uh-huh. than they would be, you know, Probably by... Probably true. <laughs> so I find it odd that that's where your line is in mm-hmm. the stand, but, but yeah, the, the specific line, she says, I kept it to myself and acted like a bitch towards everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then I did love Rose's follow-up of no wonder no one knew. <laughs> yeah, uh, Blanche kind of gives an insulted look at the end of that. Yeah. Uh, we change the scene. Dorothy, Sophia, and Blanche are all sitting at the uh, table and agree you know, together that they need to support Rose no matter what the results say. Initially, Sophia had been upset when she realized that she had been given an R coffee cup. Uh, so Dorothy kind of just says, oh, fine, whatever, switches them. And then Sophia says, no, wait. Give it back to me. And then they all raise a glass in agreement that they're going to care for their friend and help her through this difficult time. Right. Uh, we see Dorothy coming out uh, onto the lanai, and she's surprised to see Rose, who's uh, sitting on one of the lounge chairs. Rose says she's just saying some prayers, putting in a few uh, requests for good results the next day. Dorothy tells her that she's uh, struggling with a slogan for the banquet, but that she can't come up with a good convincing tagline. The best she's come up with this yet is... Save our swamps. No, really, we mean it. Right. Excuse me. She sits uh, down, uh, stating that uh, all life is precious as she smacks a bug on her neck. I really thought at that point they were going to use all life is precious as the tagline. Mm. That sounded perfect, but they don't go there. (laughs) So just Uh, leave it up in the air? (laughs) Yeah, they never do wrap that up. Rose tells her, though, that she thinks what she's doing is important and tells her about the time that uh, she petitioned to bring a missile silo to St. Olaf. <laughs> right. And that uh, some people, you know, voiced hollow concerns about plutonium and whatnot. But Rose knew that making uh, the town a first strike target would really boost tourism. They uh, trade stories about having trouble uh, uh, in groups. I think you kind of alluded to that in the, uh, the entry or the opening where I talked about, uh, well, how did you say it? Oh, just that uh, she joined the 4-H club to be yeah, hip. Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. then they kind of go back and forth. Mm-hmm. I forget what all of them were. I, I didn't write them down. Mm-hmm. Did you write them down by chance? I, I did not. No, that was the only one that I noted. But, uh, yeah, bottom line, they were both a little bit nerdy, and mm-hmm. they kind of talk about groups that they've been part of to you know, fit in, and none of them were specifically cool or hip. Mm. So, yeah, they laugh about how bad each of the efforts were. <laughs> what? Uh, just wishing I could have changed my your answer? Yeah. To what? Uh, the question you asked me at the start of the episode. Like mm-hmm. if I'd ever joined a oh, okay. club or an organization or would be cool. Well, you, you can change your answer now if you'd like. It's never okay. too late. All right. I'm going to go with, um, I once did a Golden Girls podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, if you joined that because you thought it would make it cool. You know what? I'm going to say that's a golden answer. <laughs> yeah, but if you joined that because you thought it would make you cool, <laughs> then that's on you. Okay. Not, not the organization. <laughs> Well, I think that's kind of the. Uh, you were never promised. <laughs> I would, I would argue that any street cred. I would argue that that was the case with all those organizations too. Oh, well, maybe so, but 
I don't know. I think that in those organizations, the people in them thought they were cool, um, or at least thought that some of them did, I would think. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone in this organization <laughs> thinks they're cool. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, Rose comments that uh, laughing felt very nice after the past, you know, tough past few days. Right. Dorothy tells her, you know, it's going to get better. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Hey, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we kind of fast forward to the morning. The girls are all gathered at the hospital, uh, waiting Rose's test results. I can uh, hear that every time. You're can you really? Uh-huh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Maybe if you put it on top of that little book, then it may not uh, carry through on the table. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a thermos, folks. A little uh, glass. Yeah, that does give it a little insulation there. Cool. I have uh, to urinate, so I'm just like trying to uh, <laughs> just to get through. <laughs> We're almost there, guys. My back teeth have been floating for like the last <laughs> 75 minutes. <laughs> so it says three minutes into this episode. <laughs> <laughs> like I had to go before we started. Uh, and I was like, I'll just write it down. It'll keep me sharp. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's worked. Yeah, yeah, he has been pretty sharp this episode. You say sharp or sharp? I, I, <laughs> I, said, I said sharp, but I, I do feel like I kind of uh, mealy-mouthed it a little bit. So I think both work. Mm-hmm. Rose comments that as bad as the past 72 hours have been, uh, she now wishes for slightly more time because she's nervous to find out what the results are. Mm. Sophia tells her that the future, will, her future, will be filled with nothing but joy and laughter. She thanks her and she says, don't thank me, thank your horoscope. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, the doctor enters and says that uh, Mrs. Zabornak, <laughs> uh, her test results are fine. That you she's guys are healthy. Virgos and Capricorns, right? I'm an Aquarius. You're an Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What are Sagittarius. You? Sagittarius and Aquarius. And what are you? Scorpio. Oh, okay. So why would you have assumed we were Virgos and Capricorns? Because I thought <laughs> he was born in September and you were born in January. And I'm January at the end of January as Aquarius. Gotcha. Well, and I was the beginning of December. The beginning of December? Mm-hmm. Oh, so you and me are real close. Yeah. Here's so. the 19th of, the, of November, right? Correct, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aquarius yeah, Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. That's so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get into uh, horoscopes much? Real big into you astrology. <laughs> <laughs> you really strike me as the kind that would be into that. Yeah. yeah. No. I'm lying, of course. Okay. <laughs> uh, the doctor tells, you know, like I said, Mrs. Zabornak <laughs> that her results were fine and she is nice and healthy. Uh, Rose is uh, overjoyed, basically. Calvert's that, you know, she's, oh, Sorry, she's fine. Uh, that's great for Dorothy, you know. But what about her? Right. And then Dorothy reminds her, "You use my name," and Rose realizes then that she doesn't have HIV, and she's overjoyed. Mm-hmm. Says she feels wonderful and great. The doctor tells her that you know they normally prefer to get this type of news in person because she commented, "Why didn't you know? I wish you just called me. The last few hours have been horrible." Uh, he says that you know normally they deliver it in person because even healthy individuals often uh, want or need additional counseling or a discussion on it. Uh, but it seems like she's had all the emotional support she needs. Uh, he tells her how happy it is for him to deliver such good news. Right. He shakes her hand and exits. The girls all get up and hug one another. Uh, they ask Rose if she needs uh, to get some rest after this kind of racking her brains and sure. stuff the last few, few days. But she declines, saying that she hasn't even felt alive over the past few days, and that she wants to go you know, and enjoy the uh, fundraiser. Dorothy insists that, you know, let's go do it. It'll be a great success. You know, Sophia has uh, stuffed and uh, mailed over 500 invites mm-hmm. in the last few days. Everyone exits except Sophia, uh, who uh, they kind of zoom in on her. She has a confused look, and she said, stuffed? <laughs> Question mark. <Yeah. laughs> 
So she just mailed out 500 empty, empty envelopes. <laughs> yep. So, and that's where we close it out. Very nice. So uh, we had two guest actors in that episode. It felt like there would have been more, but there's only two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Carrario, mm-hmm. um, he played the doctor. This is his third of three Golden Girls appearances. And then we also had a... Do we know what he did in the other two? I don't remember offhand. I mean, they were... Yeah, I think... Uh, I did look it up, but I don't remember now. Um, and he didn't have... If you... No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, then we also had a Peggy Walton Walker. She had uh, 57 titles to her name. This was her only Golden Girls. Was she the receptionist? Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a lot that she had done that would have been, uh, I don't know, like well-known. Uh, mm-hmm. Like there wasn't hardly anything I saw there. I was like, oh, yeah, you'd recognize her from that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. She had like a 50-year career still going, it would appear, mm-hmm. and she's only done 57 things. So it's mm-hmm. like just one thing a year just to yeah. keep her SAG card or yeah, whatever yeah. it is that they need for their insurance. Um, <laughs> just keeps it going. Acting is her side gig. Yeah, well, I mean, perhaps she just she does enough to get by and to keep her insurance or whatever the process <laughs> is for that. And, um, you know, I think that'd be an all right life. Yeah. So, uh, Ski, who got your MVP for this episode? I actually, I gave it to Blanche. I thought she was uncharacteristically supportive, uh, kind, and generous. I said, good for her. Yeah. Very nice. How I about you, Brent? Agree, Blanche. You know, for all the reasons Ski said, I thought she was very supportive and she really stepped up. And she was discreet about it, too. Like, you know, she pulled her aside. Mm. You said, know. I know how you're feeling. And yeah, I've exactly. Been I think those are very valid, but I gave mine to Rose. I just thought that she did a good job running the gamut in that episode. She, she was the one going through it the most. Yeah, and I do, I, I kind of like <clears throat> it when Rose acts uncharacteristic for herself. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think that is funny, uh, or at least it lends itself to good comedy, even if it's in a dramatic way. Mm-hmm. You know, like the whole clinger thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought when was she good. goes a little bit nutty. Yeah, and that was my favorite line. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, who was your, uh, or excuse me, how many slices of cheesecake did you give this one, Ski? I gave it six. I uh, wrote down, I believe, the show tackled a very serious topical subject, because back in the late 80s, early 90s, HIV and AIDS was huge. Oh, yeah. As far as, you know, as news. Uh, I thought they did it in a constructive way and focused on acceptance of others and supporting the ones they love. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Brent? Uh, same, six. Six. Um, Again, for you know, Ski sort of stole my thunder for the reasons, but I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, you're fine, you're fine. Um, because I mean, I mean, this was 1990, so this was a few years before you know, like the Walker Texas Ranger episode mm. about AIDS and everything, and they did it even better. Or, I don't think I remember that one, yeah, I don't recall that one either, but um, okay. but yeah, it was certainly a time when there was still a lot of ignorance yeah, about it exactly. and, and a lot of fear about it. Um, yeah, I gave it a seven, I, it was one of my favorite of the season so far, maybe my favorite of the season. Um, I'd have mm-hmm. to look back at the at all my ratings. But yeah, I thought it was a real, I thought they handled both, uh, like you said, a touchy subject um, very tactfully. Uh, but then I also thought that they interjected enough good comedy in it too to make it uh, enjoyable mm-hmm. on that front too. I mean, that is a tough. Well, I think one of the things that did sell really well, and you said that some about Rose, I think she delivered a good feeling of how nervous she'd be right. in those, you know, three days of mm-hmm. waiting. Yep, I agree. So, solid episode. Um, I thought this season has had a lot of good episodes, but not a lot of great episodes, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I would say this is kind of a stride. We yeah. Get where you know, a lot of them are running solid, but you don't see a lot of standouts. Yeah. So, hopefully... Uh, <laughs> did you have a little something you wanted to add here to the end of this sprint? I think you just did. Uh no. What was that even that said? No, I'll wait till the end. How okay. you do? <laughs> All right. Well, 
I, I guess mm-hmm. uh, the anticipation now is eating me alive. So, uh, stay golden, Coco. And how you doing, little brother? Fine. And it's little visitor now. Attaway always how you say it in Cherokee. Oh, well, pardon my French, but uh, I'll be damned. <laughs> Walker told me I had AIDS. <laughs> is that Haley Joel Osment? It is. Wow. It sounded like impressive a... that you knew that uh, <laughs> just based on the voice. Like, I didn't pick up. Because, I mean, the last time I would have heard Haley Joel Osment sounding that way would have been in Sixth Sense <laughs> like 30 years ago. Yeah. So, uh, anyways. So do, do I need to stay Golden Cocoa again? Did you, did you <laughs> say. You said seven slices, right? Yeah, I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> now you definitely have to say yeah. golden cocoa. Well, I think you discovered it. Oh, okay. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.